Welcome to the Christ Academy podcast with Jeff Wong, where you'll receive inspiring ideas and stories as we explore the journey of faith in Christ. Right now, we're going to get into Acts 6, guys. We're heading into this chapter, having gone through Acts 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, having gone through the Gospel of Luke before that, having gone through the Gospel of John even before that, and the Gospel of Matthew. Man, this has been a huge journey for us, and it's been so good, and I'm glad that you are along for that. Welcome to everyone else who is joining in on this journey um, along the way. We're picking up stragglers as we go. Um... And uh, I don't mean anything bad by that, but by, by the word straggler, but um, welcome to the journey. This is an awesome thing to experience God in this way and to experience His tangible presence. To hear Him speak into our lives is a powerful, powerful thing. So we're going to Acts 6 today. A reminder that our Bible backgrounds come out every Friday. So Acts 6 came out last Friday. Um, if you notice that it may not be there at a certain time or a certain on a certain platform but is on other platforms there's there's been errors on like like tiktok had some some problems and i don't know something weird happened it didn't publish properly we did it again a few times it later on it published all of them and then there's and then the algorithm i don't know what's up with the algorithm there's a, there was like zero or one views views it's not plural with one one view which is really really uncommon and odd but pray for that with us guys but every friday we try we try to put out the bible backgrounds to help you and um last friday would have been for act seven which is coming up this week so the previous friday would have been act six but you can go to our social media on christacademy.online that's our learning and community platform uh we have a website for that but we have social media for that too so facebook instagram youtube tiktok and it's at christacademy.online Dot online, or you can search ChristAcademy.online. All right, so here we go. We're going to dive into Acts 6. Here's how it's laid out today, guys. We're going to have two main passages of Scripture within this. This isn't, this isn't a very long chapter in the first place. We're not going to read the whole thing, but we're going to, we're going to dig into one section in the beginning, and then we're going to dig into one section in the end. Along the way, I want to share some insights. I got three insights from the first section and two insights for you from the second section. And um, man, we're just getting, we get to feed on the Word of God, which is so powerful. Um, within Life Group, it was, it, was, it was awesome to experience Life Group this week and do, in, in both Life Groups. Um, the first Life Group on Monday, there's a bunch of visitors and um, there's about 11 people there. And then I think on Thursday, there was about nine people. And those are times where we dig in and we share. We come and God uses us. God speaks through us to each other and we encourage each other, etc. We really need community in this, in this life, guys. I was watching a documentary on um, Okinawa where people have the longest lifespans um, on average. And a part of what they do is the, the elderly and people, not even just the elderly, but they meet in these groups. They, they gather in groups on, a, on a, I think, a weekly basis. They basically have life groups like what we do, even if they're not Christians, and they experience community because you need community. It's just, it's just a part of life. You, you, we need contact with each other and to know that people care and to receive care and to give care to each other. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today in the book of Acts. Let's head into that right now. And by the way, guys, our format is we start on Monday. Well, 
when the Bible backgrounds come out on 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 Friday, uh, you get you you read the scripture uh, at, at, on your own, and, and then you dig in. We use a format called soaps. S of soaps stands for scripture. O stands for observation, where you restate or recap the skip the scripture. A is application, like how does this scripture apply to your life. P stands for write out a short prayer. S stands for share. So who you share that with. And then we head to life groups, and we share what God has given us in those moments, and we hear God more as God shows more of the the picture as we all put pieces of the puzzle on the table. All right, so let's go right now to Acts 6, 1 to 4, and then uh, and then I'll provide three insights. We'll go to the second scripture uh, later on in this chapter and provide two insights. So if, here we go. Feel free to read this with me. So things are going well, and the number of disciples was growing. But a problem arose. The Greek-speaking believers became, became frustrated with the Hebrew-speaking believers. The Greeks complained that the Greek-speaking widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. The Twelve convened the entire community of disciples. The Twelve said, We could solve this problem ourselves, but that wouldn't be right. We need to focus on proclaiming God's Word, not on distributing food. So, friends... Find seven respected men from the community of faith. These men should be full of the Holy Spirit and full of wisdom. Whomever you select, we will commission to resolve this matter so we can maintain our focus on praying and serving, not meals, but the message. Let's continue along. Actually, that is the whole... Yeah, the first part actually is verse 1 to 2. And then three and four. Yep, we got that right there. Okay, let me just recap a little bit, and then we'll go to the to the the points, the insights that I have. You, you probably saw the first one right there, but just to recap, so as the as the community of believers, disciples of Christ, students of Christ, like us, as it grew, there became more and more believers from different cultures. And so some of them were Hebrew from the, in their background. Some of them were Greek-speaking. Notice it doesn't say Greek. So they weren't necessarily Greeks. I don't, I don't even know if there, any of them were Greek. But if you remember, they were living in the times of the Roman Empire. And in the Roman Empire, they didn't, you don't speak Roman. There's no language Roman, I don't, I don't think. They were Greek-speaking. That was the common language, just like in Canada, just like in America, just like in the United Kingdom, we all speak English. And it was, it was like that in the Roman Empire. They spoke Greek. And so people who weren't as Hebrew um, culturally, they would have spoke Greek. And so there's these two cultures um, of people that, that were within the community of faith, the community of believers. However, when there was distribution of food, and there was distribution of food because they, they would meet the needs of, the, the, of, of different people, but particularly in this case, the widows, because widows had a very, very difficult time in surviving. If their husbands were gone, it was very difficult to work. Um, a lot of work was, was, was hard labor. Um, and if, if oftentimes widows would beg... Or they would prostitute themselves in order to survive. 
So it was a community of believers that did something about this so that their their widows wouldn't have to do things like that to beg, to sell their bodies. And so the Greek-speaking um, community, part the Greek-speaking part of the community began to express their discomfort at the discrimination that was going on in the daily distribution of food. It seemed like the Hebrew, uh, the Hebrew widows were receiving more favor. So the twelve, the twelve original disciples, with the one swapped in to replace Judas, they met with the entire community of, of disciples, and they said, "Hey, you guys pick, you guys pick seven men, you guys pick seven men." Um, from this community of faith, seven men that are respected. In verse 3, it says, seven men full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom. These two things, the Holy Spirit and full of wisdom as well. Whoever you select, we'll commission them. Like, We'll give them this task to look after this matter. We'll entrust it to them, and God will use them. So that they can maintain focus, not on physical meals, but actually on spiritual meals. All right, so let's go into... Let's go into the first insight. The first insight, insight I wanted to point out is this. What we noticed about, about the believers at this time is that they cared for justice. And so they set an example for us that we need to care for justice as well. Oftentimes, we can be quite passive, especially for those of you guys that are Canadians. We can be quite passive. Sometimes those of you guys that are Asian in in, 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 in in your culture, partially, you know, I'm bicultural. I would say I have, I have the East in me and I have the West in me. But the Asian part of me sometimes can be quite passive or quite silent. But what we see here, and what is commendable, is that some of some of the outspoken people from the Greek-speaking part of the community began to speak up because they cared about justice. And if you study the Old Testament of the Scriptures more and more, if you study the New Testament, what you find out about God is that God cares about justice. And so it is, it is a kingdom of God characteristic. It is the character of God to care about justice. And we need to take that on. We need to adopt that. We need to care that, that, that people are treated justly. God cares so much about justice. He, he needs justice. It's not just that He cares about it. He is a just God by nature. That's why he couldn't let our sin just go. It needed to be punished. But his love was so powerful that his agape love, which means committed, self-sacrificing love, was so strong that he sent his son Jesus to die for our sins rather than us dying for ourselves. And in doing so, Jesus' death satisfied God's need for justice. God needs justice. Us as disciples of Jesus, as followers of God, we must need justice too, not just for ourselves, but especially for those who are treated unjustly around us. Love your neighbor as yourself, Jesus taught us. We need to care about justice. We need to care about justice. As we care about justice, however, we need to be wise. You know, I think about what has happened over the last two, three years during COVID, during Black Lives Matter, during 
the child graves of indigenous peoples. And I, I it, it's the, some of these things stirred up a huge reaction within the hearts of people in our society, within my own heart, the injustices. But what I know, what, what, what we saw after that, after in the months to follow and the years to follow, is that we saw it was so heavily politicized and that we're being used like pawns what were legitimate reasons to call out for justice. There was corruption, there's politicization of these things. So in our justice, guys, in our desire, in our care for justice, we need wisdom. We need to be shrewd. We need to be shrewd as snakes. We need the wisdom of God to discern. We actually don't just need wisdom. We need discernment. Some of you guys have the spiritual gift of discernment. And you need to use that within the community. And if you sent something, you need to say that Pastor Jeff or leaders of the church, here's what I'm sensing. I don't. I feel disturbed about this, even though it doesn't. Like it, it seems like this is an issue of justice that we should stand for. But I feel something's wrong in my in my discernment. Can you take that and just assess it? And then we'll take that as leadership and assess it. There may be others who have the gift of discernment. We'll ask them, or they may just approach us as well. But that's how the gift of discernment comes into the picture when it comes to justice. But, but make no mistake, we must care about justice. And I don't just, when I say we, I don't mean just us as a community. I mean you. You as a disciple of Jesus need to care for, about justice. To take on the character of God, you must care about justice. When you're walking in the streets, when you're driving by, when you go into meetings, with what you see on the news, what you what you experience on social media, you must care about justice. You must pray for it. You must raise your voice. You must do something about it. Do something about it. And that leads me to my second insight. We need to care for each other practically. It's one thing to say that I love you or that I care about you or the equivalent of whatever words you might use, if you would use words, not all of us feel comfortable saying those words. But I remember some people in my past, in my distant, not I mean, this is not that distant, in my, in my past, they would do harmful things in my life, but they kept telling me that they love me. But they keep doing disrespectful, harmful, painful things in my life. But they keep telling me that they love me. You know what? There's a dissonance there. There's a dissonance when your words look like this, but your actions look like this, and it's not consistent. We need to not just say that we love people. We need to actually go and do something. We need to care for people practically. If we live close enough to someone and they're sick, maybe we cook them, maybe we cook them or we maybe we cook them meals and we bring them to them. If someone just had a baby, maybe we bring them some meals. If someone is new to the country, maybe you knock on their door and you bring them a meal. Maybe if you don't want to bring them a meal, maybe you order something for them through Skip the Dishes or DoorDash or Uber Eats. You, you find out their address and then you send them a meal on you. You care for each other practically. If someone is completely broke and they're, su- they're, they're, they're super struggling to make ends meet and and there's a bill that needs to be paid and you find out about it, maybe you take up that bill and you pay for it. 
I remember back when we were at the Wise Hall, there was a single mother. There's a single mother who was really struggling that month to make her rent. It was a few hundred bucks, several hundred bucks. And then one of the young people in the community, I think younger than a teenager at that time or a young teenager, she paid for the, she gave, she brought some money and gave that to the, the, the young single mother and paid for her rent. She almost, that single mother just flipped out. She almost, I think she, if I remember correctly, she began crying. She couldn't believe what was happening. But we need to love each other practically. You know what? You might want to buy some Save-On or Superstore grocery gift cards, Walmart gift cards, and have them ready. Maybe 50 bucks or 100 bucks here or there. And have them ready, ready to give to someone in need. A single mother, the, the equivalent of what, our, what widows would have been like back in, um, back in the day. Somehow meet people's needs. Care for each other practically. Whatever that might be. It could be that you, someone... It may be that it, it may be that um, someone is in need of some administrative help to fill out some applications, and they, they're, they're very poor at administration. It may be that you're really good at those things, or that you're capable. You might sacrifice. You might offer yourself to as a way to care for them practically, to help them with fill out some forms and do, deal with some administration for them. This is what it's like to care for people practically. It could be that someone needs someone to listen to them because they've been through so much trauma in their lives. It could be that you offer to be an ear to them. We need to care for people practically. It could be that they need encouragement. These days, guys, people need so much encouragement. You might be the one to offer them that encouragement, and that's how you care for them on a practical basis. We need to care for each other practically as we saw what happened in Acts 6. The community cared for the widows. Cared specifically not only for the, the Hebrew, but the Hellenistic, Greek-speaking widows as well. The third insight here, guys. When we read Acts 6, one of the things that we find is that the community didn't just leave it up to the apostles. Maybe the equivalent of our pastors and leadership. The community actually appointed other, or, or they met together, they talked about it, and they came up with, with names of, of seven other leaders. And those leaders, the apostles appointed them to take care of aspects of ministry so that the apostles could focus on prayer and the Word of God Focus on some of the things in the big picture that needed to be done. And so I want to commend some of you guys that, well, first of all, commend you uh, you guys that have been serving and contributing on a regular basis, on a long-term basis at More Than 12. Whenever we have a service like this, we have a team in the background, a technical team that is dealing with everything. There's, there's Lillian, uh, virtually every week who's putting together the rundown of the service and seeing whatever needs to be different and putting in everyone's names. Oftentimes there's Lucas dealing with the worship lyrics in the background with with the ProPresenter software and laptop. Then we have other people dealing with video and other people dealing with audio and then we have a host. Today we have Maddie who's doing video. Sometimes it's Dom. Um, sometimes it's someone else. 
Today on audio, we have Ruben. Sometimes it's Ruben, sometimes it's Dom, sometimes it's Eric. And then we have people hosting. Today, Lil's also hosting. Um, oftentimes, it's Kim that's hosting. And I want to, I want to, I want to commend you guys for contributing. This is what we see in the community of faith in that that first century: is that it didn't just leave it all to the apostles because the apostles were burnt up, burnt out. Then they wouldn't be able to focus on what they needed to focus on. And so, some of you guys are contributing in that way. I think about Dom. Dom's he, he even puts together the worship each week and he puts and, and then he the the music that's in the in the front end of the service in the back end he contributes that too and he also contributes with um with the bookkeeping he deal he's on the ministry team he's on the task force council guys we need so we need other people to contribute too and this is what it means to be a disciple is that you you participate and you contribute you contribute also then we have other people who contribute. Some of you guys have, have been contributing to some of the new things that have been popping up. Um, our Bible backgrounds that go out every every Friday. It started out as Ruben and Remy and Ivana. And you guys have contributed to that. And you guys have helped nourish us spiritually by giving that to us. And, um, and I helped do some of the graphics for that. Then we brought in Alice on the team to help edit and help keep us on track. And we started doing videos of those and posting them on social media. And so all you guys who contribute to that, that's been really, really valuable for us. And we thank you for those things. And then recently we've, we've come up with challenges. Challenges that, that have come out of either Sunday or come out of our life group experiences, hearing from God together. And, and um, Alice and, Re- I mean, L- I mean, Maddie and Remy from Monday Life Group put out a challenge. I'm going to talk about that in the announcements. That was issued last, that's in the ChristCommunity.online on our website. Um, if you if you log into the community section. And that was posted last week. But this week, Alice and Ruben posted two new challenges. You guys are contributing in those ways, and that's powerful and awesome to see. And there's people contributing in different ways. There's people who lead life groups, like Kim, like Eric, and like Ivana, who we will be training in the future. And it's awesome to see people contribute in all kinds of different ways. There's something powerful when when people start to contribute. So I want to encourage you guys all, find a way to contribute. Next week, I'm going to introduce a new way, guys. We have something that we're going to be launching called a prayer hub that will be online on our websites, on the two websites, more-than-12.org, but also christacademy.online, where people can just, they can click a button, and then they, they can click on prayer or pray, and then it leads them to a prayer hub, where you can either submit prayers or you can pray for people in the prayer hub. And we need people who um, are willing to step up and just pray for people, pray for, for the needs that get posted online. And so that will be a new way to contribute. And if you're interested in that, please let me know. You can type it in the chat and then it, no, I'll be able to see it or get, it will get relayed to me. Or you can let your life group leaders know and they can let me know. But let us know so that we can get, we can get more and more people involved as God starts to impact more and more people through us. But we have to contribute. We have to contribute financially, guys, or else this won't be sustainable. We have to contribute financially. God wants to use us. I know that it's, it, times are tough. Times are incredibly tough. 
But in those times where things are so scary financially, those are times for us to stand firm, to know that our God will provide for our needs. We pray, give us this day our daily bread, but we don't just pray it. We have faith that God will provide for our daily needs. You know, we can think like the world, and we can make all the calculations. These are expenses. These are This is our income, and our um, our income minus our expenses equals how much that we'll have left, and it looks very, very scary. But in the kingdom of God economics, we don't just have these two these two items, our expenses and our income. We have the unknown that God is going to provide that we don't see right now. And God will provide. God, Do you think it's outside God's will for you to contribute financially to His kingdom? Absolutely not. Of all things, there's... He's not going to punish you for something like that because that's a part of his will for you to contribute in some way. So take the chances. Expand what you give. Expand what you sow so that we can reap more together and you will also reap more rewards because God will reward you because his generosity is it comes in proportion to your generosity. We need to contribute in all kinds of ways. So let's go to the next scripture. The next scripture within this chapter, we're fast-forwarding four verses. We're going to verse 8. Here it talks about Stephen, one of, the, one of the seven appointed men. And it says, Stephen continually overflowed with extraordinary grace and power. He was able to f- perform a number of miracles and signs and wonders in public view. But eventually a group arose to oppose Stephen and the message to which his signs and words or wonders pointed. These men were from a group called the Free Synagogue and included Cyrenians, Alexandrians, Cilicians, and Asians. And by the way, guys, that's not like Asians like Chinese and Vietnamese and Japanese and Koreans, etc. At that time, Asians meant us people from a certain area that was was not that same area. Verse 10, the Holy Spirit gave Stephen such wisdom in responding to their arguments that they were humiliated. Next, verse 11, in retaliation, they spread a vicious rumor. We heard Stephen speak blasphemies against Moses and God. The rumor prompted an uprising that included common people, religious officials, and scholars. They surprised Stephen, grabbed him, and hauled him before the council. They convinced some witnesses to give false witness, if you can believe that. The false witnesses said this. This fellow constantly degrades the holy temple and mocks our holy law. With our own ears, we've heard him say, this Jesus fellow, this Nazarene, he's always talking about, will actually destroy the Holy Temple and will try to change the sacred sacred customs we've received from Moses. Listen to this. The entire council turned its gaze on Stephen to see how he would respond. They were shocked to see his face radiant with peace, as if he were a heavenly messenger. In other words, as if he was an angel. 
His face radiated. It shone. And it was a powerful moment. If you can imagine this crazy, amazing, powerful things were happening with Stephen because he was faithful. It wasn't one of the it wasn't one of the twelve. It was actually one of the next tier of men. And we see this. We see this in the scriptures. That it, it wasn't just Jesus who performed these things, who did these things. It was the twelve. And eventually it was other people. And then other people. And then other people. And eventually it's us. It's us that God wants to use. And then what happened in this story? People couldn't stand it. They opposed him. They argued with Stephen. And, and, and Stephen just shut them down. Just shut. He shut them down. They were so pissed off that they... They worked together, lied lied against him, stirred up controversy about him, spread misinformation about him. And when they brought him before the council, the council just, they, they couldn't stop looking at him because his face shone because of the presence of God in him that was so powerful and it was amazing. Even though they opposed him and couldn't stand him, they were shocked and surprised uh, his face radiating, radiating with the presence of God. And through this story of the second half of Acts 6, I want to share with you two more insights. Two more insights that are for us. I don't want to just share with you ideas, guys. These are ideas that change our existence. The first one is this. It says that that he overflowed with extraordinary grace and power. Stephen continually overflowed with extraordinary grace and power, and he was able to perform a number of miracles, uh, miraculous signs and wonders in public view. He was overflowing. He was overflowing with God's power, with God's presence. I want to load that scripture up right here. I want to. I'm just curious as we're as we're going along here. How does this? How is this described in other translations of scripture? Let me load up my other browser onto the screen in front of us, right here. I'm going to load up Bible Gateway. And by the way, guys, get Bible Gateway Plus. I've mentioned that to you guys before. There's awesome study tools there, and they're on sale for like something like two something a month. By two something, I don't mean two hundred something. I mean two dollars and something per month, even full price four four dollars something per month. I think those are U.S. prices. That's still super cheap for a few thousand dollars of of resources to help you understand the scriptures. So I'm going to load up Acts six right here. I want to look it up in a different translation. So Acts six, we're reading in the voice. Let's look up the the, Eng- the new or sorry the English. Standard version ESV, and I want to see what it says, how it describes them, how it describes Stephen. Okay, let's see here. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great signs among the people. That sounds like the exact same scripture. Let me look up the voice again, and let's just see here. Stephen continually overflowed with extraordinary grace and power. Guys, 
you know, when we think about when we think about the Holy Spirit, we often think about being empowered by the Holy Spirit. We often think about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And when, when, when the scripture says that he was overflowing with grace and power, he was no doubt overflowing with grace and power because of the Holy Spirit. That's what the whole book of Acts is about, is, is, the, is, is the, the, the one that Jesus would send, af, send after he left, and it would be a gift. It would be the power, It would be the Holy Spirit, and so Stephen overflowed with grace and power because he overflowed with God's Spirit. And we need to not just be filled with the Spirit. We need to not just be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Think about that. Being over, being overflowed. I don't know what the right way of saying it is, but we need to overflow with the Holy Spirit. What would it be like in our lives, in our witness, in our parenting, in our friendships? What would it be like in our work, what workplaces, in our schools? What would it be like on our teams? What would it be like if we overflowed with the Spirit? We spent so much time with God. We are so in tune with God, with the presence of God. We're so in tune with His Word. We love spending time in His Word that we're just over, we're overflowing with the Holy Spirit within us. What would it be like? Some of us feel like we have nothing to offer. We have nothing to offer because we're not overflowing. We haven't received enough for us, and we're not overflowing enough for other people. We need to dedicate, set time aside as holy, that this is sacred time that I have with God, and it's not just five minutes. It's like extended time with God, and I get filled with the Holy Spirit. But I'm not just after being filled to the Holy, with the Holy Spirit, not just looking to fill my cup like halfway, or even, or, or in this case, like, what is this? This is like two-fifths of the way. I want to be filled all the way to the top. I want God to pour in His Holy Spirit, and I want to overflow, completely overflowing out the front, the back, the sides. I want to overflow with the Holy Spirit so I have something to give to others. May God help us. May we even have the desire. Do we even have the desire to be filled so much with the Holy Spirit that we're overflowing so that we can affect people's lives. We can bring about God's blessing. We can bring about miracles. We can bring about power. We can affect people's lives because it doesn't just happen through, it doesn't just happen through crazy, holy, high up men and women. It happens through ordinary people who follow Jesus because it is Jesus who is the one who is extraordinary, who is extraordinary. We need to overflow with God's Spirit, which leads to the last point. Number five, we need to shine. The entire council turned its gaze on Stephen to see how he would respond as people were accusing him with lies accusing him of the harshest things you could say to a religious people that respected Moses, respected God, and respected his laws. They turned to him to see what he would do. They were shocked. They were so surprised. They They couldn't understand what was going on because his face was radiating. He shined. He shined with peace. These were serious, serious accusations that could bring about death and eventually did bring about death. But he had peace. He had the peace of God on him, the shalom peace of God, if you know what shalom means. 
It was as if he was an angel. His face shone so much. May we shine that much. May we have that much peace within us when people attack us, when we're down in the dumps, when things look like they're stacked up against us and we have no way out, when we're running out of finances, when we're running out of health. May we shine so much because we have Jesus, because we spent so much time with him that our faith is this big and God's grace His Holy Spirit is overflowing out of us. It's overflowing, not just trickling over the side of the cup one drop at a time. But it's like this huge hose or it's like this tap that's full blast pouring into the cup and overflowing like crazy. Overflowing, shining. This is what God wants to do with us. You know this week as I reflected on this and as I was studying this with Lucas, I remember reading in, in one of the study Bibles some notes that really kind of blew me away. It was looking at some of the hidden meaning, meaning behind this. It was looking at some of the hidden meaning behind this. And I want to show you some of that because it's such an interesting revelation, powerful revelation. I'm going to put a second scripture under this one. So in verse 15, we just read that, what was happening. His face was shining. When we look at Exodus 34, 29 to 35, this is Moses. This is the one they're accusing him of disrespecting the, and disrespecting the laws of Moses. It says, when Moses went back down Mount Sinai, if you remember Mount Sinai, Mount Sinai was the place where, where Moses went to meet with God and God gave him the Ten Commandments. And by the way, the Ten, sometimes we see, we see um, like illustrations of the Ten Commandments and it's five commandments on one side, five commandments on, on the other side. It actually wasn't like that, guys. It was Ten Commandments on one side and ten, the same Ten Commandments as a duplicate on the other side. It's one copy for God and one copy for Israel. When Moses went back down Mount Sinai, he carried the two stone tablets in his hands as a witness to their agreement. But he did not realize that the but he did not realize that on, on his face was glowing and sorry, but he did not realize that the skin on his face was glowing and radiant because he had been speaking with God. Man, do you get that, guys? His face, Moses' face was glowing and radiant because he had been speaking with God. He had been in the presence of God. That's what we need. That's what you need. That's what I need to be spending time in the presence of God, the God of the universe, so much so that our face is shining. When Aaron and the Israelites saw that Moses' face was shining, they were afraid to get too close to him. They were afraid. But when Moses summoned them, Aaron and all the leaders of the community were reassured and approached him. Moses reassured them and they approached Moses. Man, it must have been crazy to see Moses like that. Moses talked to them. After this, all the rest of the people of Israel approached Moses and he instructed them to do everything that the Eternal, or God, had told them on Mount Sinai. What do we see here? We see a man who is the mouthpiece of God. He's not all about himself. He is just relaying a message. There's a lesson for that 
for us guys in that. We have a message to relay on behalf of God too. It's not about us, but we're willing to open our mouths and to let God speak to people, to touch God, for God to touch people through us. But Moses' face was radiating. And it's so ironic. And I don't know if if Dr. Luke, the writer of Acts, wrote this kind of hidden meaning into into this into the Acts in chapter six. That these people were conspiring and accusing this very person who, who, who was experiencing the power of God so incredibly. They're accusing him of dishonoring the, the laws of Moses. They're, dis, they're accusing him of blasphemy. But yet his face was shining like the very Moses that they were talking about. But they couldn't make that connection. That Moses' face was shining because he's in the presence of God. But yet... Stephen's face was shining with the presence of God and they couldn't tell that he had God with them. Either that or they knew that he had the presence of God but they couldn't stand him because they're threatened by him. They're threatened because he was an ordinary man. They were threatened because he wasn't religiously trained like they were. They were threatened because Jesus was disrupting the, the, the traditions that they, they, they were used to and that they had. He was a disruptor. In a sense, Jesus was an outlaw. May we, may we spend so much time with God, such potent time with God, such intimate even time with God, that we come out with our face shining and grace and the Holy Spirit overflowing out of us. That we, before our friends, before our family, before strangers, Strangers in the streets, people that we pass by, someone that you're passing by in the intersection as they're begging for money, people that you walk by as you're going to work, walking into the building, people on your social media, may we shine. We are meant to shine. We're meant to shine. And so I want to close us. I want to close us, and I hope that out of this, God is stirring up a desire within our community. A desire to just want to experience God so much this way. To be used this way. To parent this way. To disciple this way. To be a friend this way. To be a husband this way. To be a wife this way. To be a teammate this way. God. God use us. God, we read about this, but you're teasing us if we don't receive it. We call on you because we want to experience your power. We want the world to experience your power in this way. We want to offer ourselves to be used by you in this way. And we just believe it. We believe that we can have it. And we want it. Give us something beyond ourselves so that we're overflowing. Something's coming out beyond ourselves. Help us to shine. It's not enough for people just to see us, God. We want them to see you. We want them to, sh- we want them to see you. Make our face shine. May your face shine on us so that people see you in that shine. May we radiate, radiate, radiate your presence and your power. In Jesus' powerful, powerful name we pray. 
Amen. Amen.